Thank you, music team, for preparing our hearts for this time together. Um, if you would, bow your heads and let's go to God in prayer. Oh, loving God, we come to you today. Uh, each person in here carrying uh, their own stuff. And God, I trust that every person in this room today is here for a reason. And we recognize that they are a gift to this body. God, um, I just pray for your presence to be felt here and to move in our hearts. Um, I ask for the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Amen. Well, good morning. My name is Amber Carroll, and if I haven't had the chance to meet with you, uh, I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Covenant Church. And so today, we were going to launch into Journey, the Way of Jesus, where we're going to take an in-depth look at the book of Mark. And I pray that you have had the opportunity, if you were here last week, to begin reading along. We have reading plans that we've put together for each week. This week will be no different. When you leave today, you can take a reading plan with you to uh, continue in studying the book of Mark. And, uh, and so today, we had, uh, the plan was to talk about the baptism of Jesus, and that was right at the very beginning, Mark 1, 9, we see that happen where Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, and it's the beginning of his ministry, and he launches into this beautiful life that he leads for us. And I had it all ready to go, and um, Saturday morning, I just could not reconcile in my spirit moving ahead with the plan that I had set out. It was like really uncomfortable. We were going to start the day and we were going to sing happy day. And um, I just had a hard time using those words yesterday morning. And um, I'm going to have a really hard time with you this morning because uh, I'm burdened and I'm heavy. And so I ask your forgiveness in advance. Um, and I ask your prayer in advance because um, I typically like to work off of a planned script and thought through and prayed over. And today I have it here, but I just want to be as open and honest with you of what God is doing in me and I believe in us and around us, in our world, in our country, in our community. And so one of the things that, I was, that struck me last week, if you were with us, James Bryant Smith was here and he gave us an amazing word. And one thing he talked about was um, the beauty of Jesus. I mean, this is the magnificent journey, the magnificent, magnificent story we get to enter into as followers of Jesus. Um, in in Jesus' baptism, he, became, he, he walked with us, and, and it was when the Holy Spirit came on him, and it gave him the power. And then immediately after he was baptized, he was tempted in the desert, the wilderness, and then he does what? He goes, and he begins to preach the gospel. He preaches the good news that the kingdom is here. And why that was good news for everyone in, in, that he came in contact with, because Jesus came to set captives free. He came for freedom. And they were excited for, uh, for liberation. They were so excited to see him. And he also was the healer. 
and he healed the sick. And so this was good news for everybody who came in contact with Jesus. And one of the things Jim said last week, he said he talked about that Holy Saturday when Jesus died on the cross and he, he, was, um, he experienced death, the separation from God. And he did that and then he raised, he defeated death on, that, on Easter Sunday. And he said, I already did that so you don't have to. And the power of the Holy Spirit raised Christ from the dead. And that same power that God had, that the Trinity has, that Jesus had, we have it as well. In our Christian baptism, we receive that same Spirit. And this is good news. This is great news. And I can't wait to tell you more about that next week because I was really ready to preach a whole sermon on that. So next week is going to be great. So you want to come for that as well. But today we're going to talk about the healing power of Jesus. And we are living in a world that is in desperate need of the healing power of the Holy Spirit. I, uh, this month, if you're in school, if you have kids in school, you know it's uh, the beginning, it's Black History Month. And um, as a pastor, you ask yourself, how do you, um, how do you care for people who have, um, who have experienced oppression and slavery? And, um, and, and so we, we don't get to just uh, celebrate it for a month. Um, it, it's, it's, in our, it's in our lives. It's in our world. Sometimes it overcomes us in our newsfeed with uh, Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter and this whole racial war and tension. And so racial reconciliation needs to happen. And guess what, church? We get to be a part of that. We have to enter into that lament to just sit and apologize, to pray for the healing that needs to happen from centuries of oppression. It hasn't gone away. It's not the key in, in our news right now, today. It's still here. But there's some work to be done. And so we know this needs to happen, and we cannot do it alone. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. We need the healing power of the Holy Spirit. And so I think about... I think about uh, racial reconciliation and how we do that. But really, I, I, as a pastor, how do you care for a congregation who um, we're, we're bombarded? I know you guys have, have seen what's happened with Larry Nasser in the news and just the child abuse that has taken place. There are hundreds, hundreds of people who've come forward to what he has done. And, and the neglect that happened from uh, institutions, of, uh, learning institutions and athletic institutions and people who didn't do anything to protect these kids. And it breaks our hearts. And we see dads in courtrooms lunging across and, and sympathetic police officers just on them saying, oh, sir, sit down. And, and your hearts are breaking because you're like, man, justice, we need justice here, Right? I think, how do we respond to that as a church? Because the truth is, people, in this room today, we have people who have been survivors of abuse as well. Abuse at the hands of people they've loved and trusted and cared for. And honestly, healing hasn't necessarily happened. And that is our job as a church, to come around people and give love, support, 
And healing doesn't happen just because we love them. Healing, ha- healing cannot happen on our own. It happens because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, Super Bowl Sunday is like the highest sex trafficking day. Do you know this? Like, kids are sold into slavery and used and abru- abused for people's pleasure. Today, right now, it's happening. Kids are being put in bondage. And we think, oh, well, that's a Super Bowl, and I'm not doing that. But you know what? The truth is, in our own town and here, uh, there's addiction in this room to pornography, internet pornography. And you think, oh, just one more click on that page, one more check on that video, it's no big deal. With every click is another child of God being abused and enslaved. And addiction is powerful, and it grips us. And if you've never struggled with addiction, you can't possibly understand that, but there are many in this room who know exactly what I mean. And we need healing. We need healing. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. And while we were in Chicago the other week, uh, the, the stories of those 13 kids in that home who were uh, chained to beds. You know the story? Did you watch this? Uh, the, uh, what are they? Um, Turpin children. And it was a suburban neighborhood, much like a neighborhood here behind our church. And I, 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 you hear those stories and you're just, I'm mesmerized. I cannot believe there were 13 kids in a home and you hear stories that they would come out at night and garden. And people looked at it and they thought that was weird. And I wanted to scream. I said, where, where, how many people watched this happen and did nothing? How many church families, how many people got in their cars on the Sunday morning and they, out of their comfort of their own home, and they went to church and they worshiped a loving, good, merciful God, offered up prayers, they, they recited the Lord's prayer, they, um, Gosh, they, they said, I love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And they went home and they ignored their neighbor. I'm like, where were they? Why didn't they do anything? They could have stopped it. And then as soon as that thought hits my, comes out of my mouth or it hits my head and my heart, I think, what if there's a Turpin family on my street? What if there's a Turpin family on your street? Are we loving our neighbors the way God has called us to love our neighbors? Or are we not doing it because what? Because we're too busy? We're scared? I mean, if anyone had given you any inkling that that was happening on your street, don't you just pray that you would have had the courage to do something, to speak out for these kids who had to climb out of a window on her own and go find help? Where was the church? Oh, Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And you know, there's a lot of hurdles to overcome, and I recognize it. I recognize why I, I don't even know all of the neighbors on my street. I feel like such a hypocrite, but it's just the truth. The, the politicians of this world, of our nation, they're not going to solve this problem for us. We don't get very far in politics. Lord, don't even let me go there, Okay. If the church did what we were called to do, so much would change. But we cannot do it alone, right? We need the power of the Holy Spirit.
on Friday night, um, Bella Baumgartel, 16-year-old, beautiful girl, was killed in a car accident. A daughter, a granddaughter, a friend, a cousin, a child of God, taken tragically. And families left devastated. Why, God, why? So young. We can't reconcile these things in our mind. We can't even make sense of it. And there are people in this room, in this community, who are devastated by this, who were... Uh, knew Bella, loved her, knew her family. How do you care for people in those moments? And you know, then I think of the people in this room who also have lost children. How do you care for people who've lost a child? Or lost the hopes of having a child? There's so much heartbreak and healing that needs to happen that we can't do it on our own, that we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that for us. There's fighting and quarreling among families in the church, universal, uh, people fighting and, and, and makes the news of just how terrible Christians can be to each other. And you're thinking, oh, that's just terrible. And you know, in this very room, this very room, there's fighting and unforgiveness happening right now. And God's shaking his head. He's like, kids, come on. <laughs> Work it out. Love each other. Forgive each other. Give each other grace. You know, in Matthew, it says, if you have a problem with a brother or sister and you're going to come to the altar and worship, it, it actually says, it says, put your gift down. Go make it right, and then come back and offer your gift. But you know what? The truth is, we get hurt deeply. And it's hard to forgive people who hurt us. But we're called to do that. And sometimes it takes a supernatural intervention for that to happen. And so we recognize that we can't do it on our own, that we need the power of the Holy Spirit to intervene on our behalf. And there's cancer and sickness and physical ailment that we just can't figure out. The doctors can't figure out what's wrong. Cancer that wins, that takes the life of little babies too soon and we don't understand why. We are in need of healing, church, body, mind, and spirit, and we cannot do it on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Throughout the history of the church, healing has been primary ministry and commitment. Uh, Jesus was the known healer, and he sent his disciples to cast out demons and to heal people. Paul told the Corinthian believers that the spiritual gift, there's a spiritual gift of healing. In the book of James, uh, the sick are instructed to call for the elders of the church to have them pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Mystery surrounds our prayers for healing because not all people are healed. 
Even Paul wasn't healed of his thorn in the flesh. In fact, um, in spite of his prayers, God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. There were many martyrs who lost their lives to disease while seeking to heal those who were afflicted by disease in the Greco-Roman world. And Hebrews makes clear that some, in spite of their faith, are not delivered. Yet the church is commanded to minister and pray for the sick and to cry out for their healing. And we will be healed on this side of eternity or the next side. We're promised that. And so today, we are going to live into this commission. We are going to um, trust that it can still be possible what Jesus gave to his disciples that carried on through the Holy Spirit is here in this room today. And today we're going to give space and time for some healing to occur. Uh, John's going to come up now, and he's going to lead us in the first step in the healing process, and uh, that's through prayer and intercession. So, John? One of the great gifts to the local church uh, is that of liturgy. Um, and liturgy are uh, structured words. Um, they're instructions. And in and, and moments like this, when, uh, when it's difficult to uh, wrap your mind around um, the pain and suffering that you may be experiencing, um, liturgy is a great way uh, to put words um, to what's going on inside. And so we're going to participate in liturgy today. And uh, there's going to be uh, some time of silence and then there'll be a time of response. And we're going to have that up on the screen so you'll know when, when I say certain words uh, that what your response will be. It'll be up on the screen. So uh, don't fret if you're starting to get nervous, like, I don't know what to say. Um, it'll be right there for you. But I'm going to lead us into this time uh, of, of uh, liturgical prayer, and, uh, and then you will respond. So let's do that now. God, our Father, your will for us and for all your people is health and salvation. Jesus Christ, Son of God, you came that we might have life and have it in abundance. Holy Spirit, dwelling within us, you make us temples of your presence. To you, triune God, the source of all love and all life, we offer our prayers. For all who are in need of healing, Lord, in your mercy, for all who are disabled by injury or illness, Lord, in your mercy, for all who are troubled by confusion or pain,
Lord, in your mercy, for all whose physical, emotional, and mental limitations create barriers between themselves and your creation. Lord, in your mercy, for all whose increasing years bring weariness. Lord, in your mercy, for all about to go under, undergo surgery, Lord, in your mercy, for all who cannot sleep, Lord, in your mercy, for all who practice the healing arts, Lord, in your mercy, for all our brothers and sisters who experience oppression and slavery at the hands of this country. Lord, in your mercy, for all the survivors of sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. Lord, in your mercy, for all the families who have lost a child or a loved one, Lord, in your mercy, for all those who struggle with addiction, Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. My brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, I call on you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. This is your spiritual act of worship. We come now to a special time of grace, a time of anointing those with special needs for healing. The Apostle James asks, is any of one of you sick? Call the elders of the church to pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will make you well. The Lord will raise you up. If you have sinned, you will be forgiven. 
It is our sacred privilege as a priestly people to pray for God's healing and anointing upon you. Know you can even offer your sickness as an act of worship. But we also pray that by God's power, you may be healed in body, mind, and spirit. In Mark 10, Jesus asked a blind man, Bartimaeus, he says, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. And so this morning we ask you the same question. What do you want Jesus to do for you? We're going to invite you forward in a moment if you want to receive anointing with oil. And we're going to ask you that question. What do you want? And the response is, I want to be healed. And we'll anoint with the sign of the cross and say, may you be healed by the grace of the Holy Spirit. And you can come forward and receive that, or you can stay right where you are in prayer. Uh, do not feel pressure to uh, participate in this, but this is your time. And uh, we're going to have um, Shelly and Jason are going to come forward as well and stand on either side up here. And um, we're just going to have this time to live into what Jesus called us to do as the church. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, God of love, ever caring, we give you praise and thanks through your Son, Jesus Christ. In Christ, you show us how much you love us. In Christ, you have tasted the beauty and pain of human life. Those who were sick came and found healing. Those who had sinned asked and found forgiveness. With oil that is blessed and hearts that are humbled, we have anointed our sisters and brothers here present. They offer to you their fears and their doubts, their suffering and pain, their human lives, fragile and broken. Send your own spirit of love upon them. Speak the healing words of your son to them. Give them the grace of your loving presence. Keep their eyes firmly fixed upon you in eager hope and expectation that with you and in the company of those whom you have called, their lives will be transformed. Where sin and death will be no more. Where sickness and sorrow will be overcome. There we may know together that you are our God. And we are the people you call our own. Your own. All glory to be to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now and forever. Amen. At this time, I would like to invite those who are helping with communion to come forward. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ invites us anew to Holy Communion, through which he will give himself to us and lead us into a deeper fellowship with one another. Jesus says, Come to me, all that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. We serve an open table at Hope Covenant Church. All are invited to come and receive the gift of grace. This has no boundaries on membership or Frequency of attendance. You are all welcome to receive. And in our confession, we confess our sins. And God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins 
and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. We do not presume to come to your table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, to eat the bread and drink the cup that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen. On the night that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was handed over to suffering and death, he took the bread and after giving thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Every time you do this, do so in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup. And after he had given thanks, he said, Take and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Every time you drink of this, do so in remembrance of me. For often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us pray. Lord our God, from among the many gifts you have given to us, we bring bread and wine to give you thanks and praise. In simple gifts we bring all that we are and all that we hope for. Look with special kindness on our brothers and sisters who are sick and hurting among us. Give them healing and peace. Be pleased with us in the offering of our lives. Unite us to Christ in his own sacrifice of praise. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. You may come and receive. The table is open. Sometimes what we see, what we read, what we experience, we just don't know how to respond. And so our go-to is Jesus. This prayer for the power of the Spirit to give us the courage and the boldness to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. I pray healing and blessing in your lives. What we've done here today, this morning, is not separate from what happens when you leave here. It's a reminder that we belong to Christ here and everywhere that we go. We carry the Holy Spirit with us in our homes, in our workplaces, in our daily lives. In all of our relationships, that is the center. We are Christ's people, and we are children of God. If you are in need of prayer or you just want to sit, this morning we are going to have some people come forward and just be available to, uh, to pray with you this morning. And so let me offer this closing benediction for us. 
The Lord who heals all your iniquity bless and keep you. The face of the Lord who heals all your afflictions shine upon you and be gracious to you. The light of the countenance of the Lord who redeems your life be lifted upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in grace and peace.